everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. This is a Real Ghost Stories Online Extra. So these stories always start out with, I'm a skeptic. People want you to believe that they're not the type of person who usually believes in the supernatural, that their world is one of, like, gears and logic and mathematics, a deist universe. But that's not really true for me. And I'm not going to pretend it is for the sake of making the unbelievable or some might say unnatural events of my youth and what happened in that house more palatable. When it comes right down to it, I have to be honest, tell you that I am gifted. I've had many interactions with those who've passed over and other spirits. I inherited it from my mom and she from my grandmother and so on. Um, But when I was young, it terrified me. And while sympathetic, my mother was unwilling to say much about it. Uh, She sort of shuns that portion of our lives. My father is a fundamentalist minister. And um, while we were obviously believed in the spirit world, as most Christians do, it was not something you were to interact with or acknowledge if you could help it, um, to do so was dangerously close to witchcraft. So I mentioned that for two reasons. The first is that I want you to understand that what I experienced in that house was so far outside the norm of most spirits I encounter that it's left this indelible impression of malevolence and simmering anger on me all these years later. The second is... I want you to understand that I had already had encounters with spirits and was firmly taught not to acknowledge what was happening or to interact. This is important because it was the lack of interaction that tended to anger the entity, and it led to the escalation of the events that transpired and what I feel was ultimately to blame for the frustration that caused it to lash out and do bodily harm on the subsequent inhabitant. When I talk about ghosts or spirits or whatever, it's just the remnants of someone that's passed or some animalistic benign force that doesn't really care. But this was not one of those. So I guess I'm putting this off because it isn't my favorite thing to relive, but it makes it more real somehow to tell the story. So I was there for like three, almost four years in that house. It was a four bedroom home. And my parents moved us to when we were, We had just started taking on foster kids. And my parents' room was on the main level. um, And us kids were were on the second floor. I say us kids, but, like, I was a little older. Um, We lived there till like, till I started high school, or finished high school. Um, And I, like, I'd want to say things were normal at first, but to be honest, there was always this whisper to that place. Um, When we moved in, the whole house was very empty. Um, But the only decoration left in it was this, 
a candle and a crucifix and a portrait of the sacred heart of Christ, uh, all within one room. Um, I remember cause I thought it was weird because I was, you know, we were raised Protestant and it was a very Catholic, but any, anyway, uh, the room was large, but the ceiling was like low and sloped and it was maybe seven or eight feet high in the middle of the room. And the candle and all that was at the far end in the only window. Uh, the door to the room was directly off the bathroom, but it was small. It was only about five feet tall. And there was a stair down. So it all combined uh, to be just a little claustrophobic in there. Even though area-wise it was the second biggest room in the house. It, uh, but this was the room that it lived in. Um, I can't say why I know, except that you could feel it in there. I would get up to go to the bathroom at night, and I would feel it behind the door. Um, we lived in Upper Michigan, and my dad was insistent about the need for us to circulate the air in there during the winter, and the door wouldn't stay open, so he took the door off in the winter, and there were so many nights I would go to the bathroom after waiting as long as I could stand, sitting there on the cold porcelain with this like wide open darkness just next to me, and I would just sit there and try and as fast as I could and just listen and listening for it because I listened there in there in the dark you could hear it pace yeah I, I, it wanted to be noticed like that was weird thing it was it would wait to be noticed when we first moved in it was just like subtle things uh, whispered voices when you were the only one in the house footsteps in the darkness this like insistent hand between your shoulders as you walk down the stairs uh, and you walk down the stairs, your back would be to the room. But I was taught to ignore these things. Um, but the more we ignored it, the louder it got. After just a few weeks in the house, there was started being this knocking at night um, and not like knocking on the walls, like knocking on our doors somewhere in the middle of the night, usually like one thirty somewhere between like 1.30 and 3.30. It was always like dead middle of the night. There would be a knock on our bedroom doors. You know, my mother was the first to say something. And I had heard it a few times, but I'd opened the door to find nothing. And I just thought it was my older brother playing a trick on me because his room was right next to mine. But my mother thought, uh, she told us that whoever was doing the knocking in the middle of the night better fess up. She thought it was us. So at that time, we were between foster kids. So it was just me and my brother. And we said it wasn't us. And he said he had heard it once, too. But he usually slept with headphones in. So she estimated when it was. And it was the same time there was, like, that knocking um, on my door. So she told my brother to take his headphones out for a few nights. And a night or two later, it happened again. And I opened my door and I heard my mother open hers downstairs and my brother opened his just a second later. And like, I could hear her downstairs, you know, like the knocking happened to all three of our doors at the same time. So we did this one more time and all of us opened our doors at the same time. And then my mother told us just not to open our doors for the knocking anymore. If we heard a knock, we were just supposed to ask who was there. And if no one answered, we were supposed to ignore it. And, um, we did. I mean, it didn't stop. There were like three clear knocks in the middle of the night. It's like, and like, 
they range from maybe once or twice a week to once or twice a month. It was frequent enough, though, that when we had foster kids, they asked and we had to tell any foster kids we took in not to open their doors at night. He just told them to just go back to sleep. And, like, I realize now how absurd that is. Like, it's kind of crazy, but it became background noise. And it was just a peculiarity we weren't supposed to talk about. Um, so we didn't. I started sleeping with headphones on, like my brother, and we stopped answering the knocking. But that's when the voices started after the knocking, and it would it would mimic people. It would, like, I noticed it more than most. We lived there until, like I said, like, until I graduated high school, and we took in young foster kids. So um, my parents, <laughs> we weren't wealthy, so my parents... Um, both worked and I spent a good bit of my time watching the younger kids and anyone who's like a parent or watches young kids will tell you, you get used to listening. Quiet kids often mean bad news. So I was frequently the only one in the house with the kids, but it liked to mimic. It would, it would usually mimic my mom or at least to me, but sometimes it would mimic the foster kids too. Like I would hear my name from downstairs or upstairs or the next room. And then I would realize my mother wasn't around. Like she was at work. I remember once I heard her yell from downstairs, like just after it was like, you know, it gets dark early up there uh, up in Michigan. So, I mean, it wasn't too late. It was maybe like six, but it was after nightfall. And um, it was just me and Trey, one of our foster kids in the house. I came out of my room and he opened his, he opened his bedroom door. I knew our mother wasn't home, but I heard the yell again. It was her calling my name, but I, just felt really weird about it. So I called her cell phone and she picked up. Uh, she was still at work. So she was <laughs> mad at me for calling her since it wasn't an emergency, but I was freaked out. And I just told, I just told Trey to go back to playing in his room. But that night I told my mom what happened when she got home. Um, and she told me it had been happening to her as well. So like a month earlier, my brother and I had walked into the house from the side door and my mother jumped up and screamed. She wouldn't say why at the time. She just said she was startled. Um, but when I told her about what happened, she told me that the reason was she had just been talking to my brother and I from the bottom of the stairs, just like a minute earlier. She knew we were in our rooms because she had had a conversation with us, except we hadn't been home all day. So this, this started happening more and more till it was just a given and we didn't discuss it and it was just normal. Just sometimes you would hear people who weren't home or things that weren't there. Once I was making dinner in the kitchen and the window above our sink looked out over the backyard and I heard Trey upstairs. And so I yelled up to him about dinner and he answered he was coming and like he went back to playing in his room and he was like yelling at his video games. But I walked back to the kitchen and I looked out the window and he was outside in the backyard on the trampoline. But I could still hear him upstairs. He was talking. I was watching him through the window, but I was listening to his voice coming from his room. So, but we just ignored it, um, ignored it and pray. And that's what we were told to do. And that uh, didn't work. 
If you want access to more Real Ghost Stories, become a premium subscriber to Real Ghost Stories online. Sign up now through Apple Podcasts and try it for three days free. Not on Apple? Go to patreon.com slash realghoststories or ghostpodcast.com. 